First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing! What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. Something amazing. A family in Australia has recreated an entire 15-hour holiday flight in their living room. I tell you the story of Violet Jessup, either the luckiest or unluckiest (laughs) woman on the planet. The inventor of something that is very important today has come out of retirement just to help. And beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, who's that? (laughs) It's Dave. We've got some mail from you. That's right, all that and some friendship this week on (laughs) Something Something Amazing. Amazing. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Hello, fine friends, and welcome to Something Something Amazing. Amazing. How are you all going, Matt Saracini and others? (laughs) Great, Amberly Cull. I'll (laughs) leave a pause for the others to answer. Okay, mixed, mixed response out there. Fantastic <laughs> re- reviews there. Yeah. And thank you for all those kind words. It is still a time. We are having a time in the world. And during this time, Amberly and I still get together. And what we do is we sit down and we tell each other something, anything. It can be a news story. It can be something that happened in our day, which besides cooking and cleaning is not much in my days at the moment. Hey, I climbed a tree the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it can be absolutely anything but we have one rule and it must be something Something amazing amazing. can i tell you something that's happened in my life that's the opposite of something amazing i guess i mean it's against the theme of the podcast but i'll allow it. it's something extraordinary okay (laughs) the podcast's (laughs) not called something extraordinary no this is a this is a sideline to a spin-off the podcast that we might make in the future but in my backyard right now i'm very lucky to have a backyard got a Um, new house it's got a backyard. It's got a gorgeous backyard. I'm very, very grateful to be uh, where I'm at. What I love about your house is it actually used to belong to two other friends of ours. Uh, and then they got a baby and got responsible or something and moved out to a, like a proper suburb. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah. in this share house to yourself. It's an absolute dream come true. And we've sort of, we've also had the project of sort of of furnishing this house Mm. from uh, trash. The side (laughs) of a curb, yeah. Or from just things we've found because we don't like have, number one, there's no stores open for for that. And number two, we're not really in the financial situation. So we've had to be uh, thrifty with it all. But it's been such a fun project because you can just paint things, you can make things. Our house is really, we've made it a isolation retreat kind of. What's the best thing that you've made that hasn't cost very much money? Okay, I've got the answer. <laughs> so we found a Chesterfield lounge what? in the witch's cabin out the back of this house that was also just full of other treasures and curses. Okay, so why is it a witch's cabin? Oh, it looks like a witch could live there. And right. <laughs> it hasn't been entered into for like decades, I would say. And Don't it's disturb f- the witch. <laughs> just filled with like uh, furniture and uh, trash and treasure from like the last hundred years of oh, so this everyone house who's previously lived in that house, they've just gone, I'll oh, just chuck it in the, well, probably the shed, but the witch's cabin. Yeah, including like some art that is quite scary, a torso of like a mannequin that like has a stomach and is a bit strange. Um, some like <laughs> helpful things like the lounge and some cabinets, like a, 
an old photo album. It sounds massive if it managed to fit a Chesterfield lounge. They're not small. The Chesterfield lounge was kind of... Uh, upwards and diagonal across the witches. It was stopping the door from opening. At one point, um, Nick got like actually stuck in the witch's cabin in like quite a scary way. Oh, yeah, I think any <laughs> being stuck in the witch's cabin is scary so by we've default. Taken, we've taken that Chesterfield and then we found a mattress on the side of the road. Yes. Now, I know what you're saying. Yuck. Bed bugs galore. That's Gross. disgusting. Don't even. It was in a cover. It was in a cover. And it's it's basically new. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't steal someone's delivery? <laughs> no, okay. It was in a cover, but it wasn't new. Okay. Um, so, we've set that up as like a cozy. And then we've got the um, the mattress that was uh, we had as a part of our swag. So, we've sort of made this, you know, our friend Dino, how he has a comfy space in front of his TV. He calls it the comfort zone. <laughs> we've made a real, we've really uh, made a zone a la Dean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> made like a... Uh, Mattress to mattress to Chesterfield oh, well to done. TV um, sort of setup where, I mean, if you have people over, it wouldn't be ideal. But for an isolation retreat, yeah, it works. That sounds incredible. And I wish this isolation would end so I could just come over and spend a day on it. <laughs> I want you to see, to spend time in this house so badly. <laughs> I'm already thinking about, yeah, how to, how to have all my friends here. Uh, but I guess that won't happen for a while. But the back to the something extraordinary. Yes, 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 yes. So I've been gifted with this gorgeous house and I have all these beautiful blessings coming my way. Um, but as Look the world works... you being works, grateful. That's great. <laughs> I'm, I am very grateful. But uh, as the world works, as, you know, you have to balance the good with the bad. And this is the bad that comes with the house. <laughs> I mean, the bad that comes with the house is that it is falling to pieces. It's set to be demolished at any point. So there's like there's like a lot of leaks and, and cracks, and but that's fine. We can and I live think with the that. classic thing about this house is always you could put a marble on the ground and it would roll in a different direction oh, every time. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. There is no flat surface, no. which is fun. Um when you're doing a, like, yoga or exercise class, just adds an extra little... <laughs> <laughs> Level of difficulty. Yeah, some fun. Yeah. Um, but the, the actual extraordinary thing that is the negative that comes with the house, there's something in the backyard that looks like a... a to be, it looks like a poo next to an embryo, next to a claw, and that's in the backyard, and it's been... <laughs> I'm sorry, trying to what? figure out what it is, what's happening. Do but you think uh, a creature fell from... A tree and the nest fell with it. The embryo is like a, a smashed egg and the claw think, is a dead bird. I think, this is what I think, maybe a, uh, a possum made another possum or like an animal has eaten an animal and then left this embryo and the claw. Okay. So maybe it's it was a pregnant possum that was eaten. This is horrific. So, yeah, that I'm, that's what I'm saying is that, <laughs> that I've been blessed in so many ways. But then you also get this, this horror is, show. This is what this, – this was the payment. That's the nightmare that awaits you. <laughs> yeah, in my backyard. Oh, I can't wait to come over. And we do keep checking it every day to see, like, where it's at. And so far, no change. <laughs> Just hoping that it's disintegrated in 24 hours. Well, yeah, or that, like, another animal has come and taken it. I think that's know. worse. <laughs> I think – that just needs to be buried or something yeah. covered. Yeah, yeah. Discovering it was quite like because both of us were thinking it can't be what we think it is, mm. but we think it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, please keep the stories from what you find in your house coming because that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, are you ready for a fact? Yes, please. This is actually a bit of a story, a story of the times. Um, Great. I want to start with a question. Amberly Carl. 
Oh, yeah. Have your parents ever dressed up something really boring as fun? You know when parents get this idea saying, oh, my God, let's do that and let's convince our offspring that it's a fun thing to do and then you do it and it's clearly not. Yeah, look, I think my mum was a master of this, honestly. She made vacuuming fun. And she also did this really... <laughs> That's clever. But listen, like she did this really clever thing that I think all parents should adopt. Yeah. Where she would only ever have like... She would like switch over my toys. So I never had all my toys at once. She would like hoard most of my toys away and I'd only have a couple out. And then like every few months she would switch them out with new toys. So it was like every few months it seemed to me like I was having brand spanking new toys... And, like, all of my toys were special then because there, there like, wasn't many of them, but they would, like, Change switch over. over. Well, I think that's a classic parenting thing. It's so smart. And apparently my dad used to also uh, – we used to have trips to the laundromat that were quite special. I remember once in Perth my parents put me on a train to Fremantle and made me believe that it was, like – the best, most fun excursion I could possibly have. Yeah, classic kid with train. I see parents do that all the time. Be like, you know where we're going? On, On the train. train. Yeah. Like, yes, a train. $3.60. No, that's an adult's fare. It was like less than 50 cents as an activity. Well, so an activity to you has to be monetarily. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. Must be expensive. Minimum two time zones. <laughs> That's a fun activity. Speaking of your parents, like, swapping out the toys as well, my parents would, they had taped Fat Cat going to bed. So whenever they wanted me to go to bed, they would just secretly play it and be like, <laughs> oh, see, Fat Cat's going to bed. Off you go. That is ingenious. <laughs> For those who don't know, in Perth, um, there used to be Fat Cat would come. It was, it was like a... A cat character on the dot. that would come onto t- the television and be like, "All right, kids, time to go to bed. To bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. You better too." I knew the little girl in that ad. Whoa, that's huge! Thanks. Or in the in the modern version of the ad, probably not the version you were seeing. So yeah, Fat Cat would come on and say, "Go to bed." And my parents said to me, as an adult, "Didn't you ever notice that we were fiddling with the VCR every time before that came on?" That's incredible. That's such a hack. Of course I did it. Um, and you just would, like, listen to Fat Cat. He is the authority on bedtime. I also had a dance teacher who was sometimes Fat Cat. Whoa. He was Fat Cat when Fat Cat tapped, as in tap dancing. Whoa. It was, if, any, if anyone was like, I would love Fat Cat to be <laughs> tapping right now, then my teacher was who they called. How often would that happen? Oh, mostly just at telethon. Yeah. Once again, going real deep into the birth references. It's not a telethon unless Fat Cat is tapping. For those of you who don't know, telethon <laughs> was a... Good luck once, explaining this. Once yearly charity event yeah. on Channel 7 that was like a 24-hour event to raise money for the children hospital and it was uh quite the event in perth if you're in a dance school you would probably do a dance at about 3 3 (laughs) (laughs) a.m once our friend dean who we mentioned at the start of this podcast uh he went to telethon drunk in the depth of the night and his friend tackled the e in telethon second e (laughs) Tackled it. Tackled it. And then got pulled off stage by security. Um, Anyway, back to my story. (laughs) Yes. So, an Australian family has recreated a 15-hour holiday flight in their living room. What? Yeah. They were going to go on a flight and the kids were excited. So, it's a family from Newcastle and they had planned a trip to Europe before coronavirus hit. Mm -hmm. So, they decided, you know what we can do? 
imitate this entire 15-hour journey That's at the home. Bit that, that you want to recreate. <laughs> <laughs> so they were meant to go to Munich from Sydney. This is the Russell family. So Kirsty Russell, the mum, said her husband Nathan was a school teacher on sabbatical, came up with the idea, complete with security checks, flight attendants, custom printed boarding passes. Oh, oh, that's all the stuff, the good stuff. After the family coronavirus after the coronavirus disrupted a family holiday they'd been planning for 5 years, which is quite sad. Um, but it started as a joke. She said, but then it actually turned out to be quite fun because all the kids embraced it. And there's a photo of their setup. And just imagine like all the couch recliners. So the kind that you have in a very fancy movie cinema. They'd set them up in two rows of three. Each has its own little blanket and its own little spot looking at a TV. Wow. And they're doing the whole 15 hours together. And so the 16-year-old son was a security officer. The nine-year-old daughter was doing the bag check. And the 14-year-old daughter was, like, welcoming them aboard, yes? They also have to work? Yeah, big time. (laughs) The meals... The meals on lounge chair air included a cheeseburger surprise, lasagna a la freezer, and a choice of a one-litre alcoholic beverage. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was thinking, like, actually, as a kid... It would be pretty nice because what do you want when you're a kid? You want as much screen time as possible, right? You want any reason just to sit yourself in front of a screen and watch it for hours. Well, here's 15 uninterrupted hours (laughs) gifted to you. And it's because they went on the honeymoon in Europe. So they're like, we want to take our kids here. Let's Mm. set this up. Even when they land, they want to continue the holiday that was meant to go to Germany, France, Italy, and a Mediterranean cruise. They're doing a schnitzel as if they were in Germany and making pretzels and black forest cake. The husband had apparently put together this amazing itinerary. So they're doing things like the virtual tour of the Louvre instead of actually getting to go and see the art. The oh, ten- so they still have to do the boring stuff. The, t- <laughs> <laughs> the 10-year-old really wanted a picture of her at Disneyland. Good luck. Just probably have a Pixar film on in the background. Or yeah, you- that's easy. You know how we had that hot content day where we watched all these front row views of roller coasters? Roller coasters, yeah. You could just do that, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, just pull up Splash Mountain and sit in front of it. Speaking of, there is some great hot content of the Disneyland parades at the moment. You can watch the parades as though you're watching them. Like in VR? No, just no, in just uh, video. Just a fixed point of view. <laughs> no, not a fixed point of view. A point of view of... Uh, the uh, pleasure, the best, <laughs> the best point of view. They figured it out. PPOV. PPOV. <laughs> pleasure point of view. <laughs> this is the bit that confuses me the most. They did a bunch of things to mimic a real flight. For example, having only one toilet. <laughs> I think this is a family that would be insufferable, but they <laughs> <laughs> they are well bonded, and I. From my point of view, this is something something amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) That's the type of family that I would have. I can't wait to meet your future family. My mum would do things like that all the time. I remember a time where she got married to my stepdad and she tried to dry out her uh, bouquet once. And one day she was looking at the dried bouquet and she just looked at me and she said, Amberly, can we do a zombie photo shoot? Great. So then I like painted her up as a zombie and Great. she put on her old wedding dress and we did a photo shoot. So this is this is uh, not out of the realm of things I encountered as a child. You're starting to make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Do you want a story? Always. It's the story of Violet Jessup. So, Violet Jessup ha- happened to be on Titanic's maiden voyage. One and only voyage. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Maiden and only voyage. <laughs> and she survived the... Um, the whole thing. The whole thing. Um, the whole but- three and a half hour James Cameron ordeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She survived that. But um, that's not the end of the story. Oh. She then went on to uh, be a part of two other shipwrecks oh, and wow. survived both of them. They, so they there should was a woman, keep her off the manifest. <laughs> yeah, Violet Jessup, who was on the Titanic and it shipwrecked and she survived and then also managed to be on two other shipwrecks <laughs> and survive. Wow, she must be very floaty. Oh, so she she would work on them, I guess. So she, it was her like livelihood, I guess. Buoyant as. Them sinking wasn't uh, like a <laughs> didn't deter her. No. No, you'd think if you were at work and something horrific like the Titanic happened, you'd go, you know what? I'm going to get a new job. Oh, what? This is the unsinkable ship and I was on it and it sank. Time to get back on a ship, please. <laughs> <laughs> what were the nature of the other shipwrecks? Do you know? Like, it, Because the Titanic was not meant to go down. So first off, I will say that she survived the Titanic because of the women and children first rule being a real thing. So she was loaded onto a lifeboat. Mm-hmm. And a stranger's baby was thrust into her arms. Oh, um, they were sad. just they were, and then they were rescued by the Carpathia um, before they had to make the decision of who to eat to stay alive. Oh, thank God! <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> she was holding a delicious baby. So then, after that, she was like, "Time to get back on the boat," and she took a job on the HMHS Britannic. And um, and then what happened to that ship? So this was a hospital ship during World War One, and it didn't well, okay. last. That's a little more dangerous. It didn't last more than fifty-five minutes. Okay, she's got to be asking questions at this point. <laughs> Before an unexplained explosion sank, sank the ship, killing thirty out of the thousand and sixty-six passengers. At this point, she was twenty twenty-nine years old, and she'd been a part of. Two shipwrecks. Like, how many times do you have to get broken up with before you start thinking it's maybe me? Wait, I'm wrong. She was on a ship before the Titanic. Oh. Maybe that's how she... She just got good at surviving. She was like, I can be on any ship Oh, no, maybe she was like, I can't go through this again. I'm going to go on the ship that they're calling unsinkable. It's unsinkable. And then after that, she was like, well, what are the chances it happens three times? (laughs) But her first one was on the RMS Olympic. Yes. And it was all good until it crashed into the HMS Hawk, a British warship. Neither ship sank um, and they were Still, both able to make it. It'll rattle you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was on the RMS Olympic, the Titanic and the HMHS Britannic, all of which <laughs> managed to sink. Wow. Wow. But Violet Jessup, something, something amazing. amazing. Well done, Violet. <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. How did she die in the end? Do we know? She died of congestive heart failure okay. in 1971 at the age of 83. Okay, so, that's a good innings. Yeah, you'll never forget the name Violet Jessup. Nah. The unsinkable woman. I've got a story for you that's a feel-good story uh, related to now. Great. You know how everybody is starting to wear masks and the good type of masks that all the hospitals wear are called N95 masks? I didn't know that, but thank you for teaching me that. There's a shortage of them because they're the good ones. And so they've been trying to work out how to reuse them. So, like, sterilize them or be able to use them again. And normally you can't disinfect these things because they're single use. 
uh, masks. But mm-hmm. the person who invented these masks, his name is Peter Tsai. He invented this thing 30 years ago. He taught at the University of Tennessee for 30 years, probably about making masks, I guess, because <laughs> he was the expert. He's the one, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he retired. And then because coronavirus happened, he decided to come out of retirement to help people and work out a safe way to sterilize these masks so they can be reused. And the quotes from him are so nice because he just says things like, I just want to help people and just do my job. People were trying to use things like alcohol and bleach, which actually degrades the integrity of the mask and then it's not effective anymore. So there's a group of people who are volunteer researchers from lots of different universities called N95 Decon. I guess I didn't spend much. Oh, decontamination. N95 Decon. That's the name of their collective group. Were you against the name and then came around to it? Uh, no, I'm not. I, at least now I get it. I still am against the name. Okay. Good like, to know. You're, you're this bunch of volunteer researchers. You know, come up with a cool name. They're like, too busy fighting crime. <laughs> well, they're actually just trying to work out new sterilization methods. They're but- too busy finding new sterilization methods. <laughs> Their best guess is currently a mix of ultraviolet light and hydrogen peroxide vapor. So you get cool bleached mustaches and a new mask. That's a great science joke, by the way, Amberly. Oh, very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And then an- another quote from him, he resisted being called a hero. He just said, the frontline hospital workers, they are the heroes. I'm just trying to help them to wear a mask. Ah, very good. Very nice. That's good my job. story. And isn't it? <laughs> Something, Something amazing. amazing. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, Speaking of some uh, current current news, bim 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 bim. Dave's coming down the street. Oh no, there's a dog. He's got him, but only with love. Okay, (laughs) at the house now. Got a mail for you. That Uh, is uh, Amberly Carl's intro to our mailbag segment. Dave, it's getting worse. (laughs) If you didn't pick that up, is the mailman? Yes, uh, he 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 broaches dogs with love. Okay. So we've got an email from Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Thanks for emailing. Hello, Aaron. Thanks for emailing. Uh, by the way, Aaron has emailed us in at hello something amazing at gmail.com. And if you are like Aaron, you can also do the same thing. Do we know where Aaron's from? Is she from one of those crazy countries that listens to us? No, she hasn't said where she's from. Aaron, okay. please email back and tell us where you are from. Yes. <laughs> uh, d- we'll be excited regardless. Hmm. If it's an exotic place, we'll be excited. And if it's not... If it's Perth, Australia... If it's Perth, we'll also we'll, be just as excited. We've got heaps to talk to you about. Yeah, got, if it's Perth, we'll, we'll, we'll call you separately. <laughs> we'll talk about telephone. Yeah, we did have time. Yeah, And Adventure World. <laughs> she says that she's loving the podcast at the moment. Uh, she says it's a lovely distraction and it's nice to hear stories uh, that aren't uh, <laughs> depressing. Yeah, every basically. single podcast at the moment is talking about coronavirus because you got to. Uh, but they are all real heavy. Yeah, you can really just fill your entire day and uh, all the content you consume with with this, can't you? Yeah. So, um, and to be fair, we were doing something amazings before all this, but it just, I guess, kind of feels good to talk yeah. about something amazing going on in the world at the moment. But yes, anyway, yeah. sorry. Go on, Aaron. Um, <laughs> sorry for interrupting. 
So Erin has actually done some uh, research for us. Oh, great. <laughs> she's I gone- love having my job done for us. <laughs> she's gone across the interwebs and have found some uh, good news stories that are happening currently. Um, so I'll read them out. Oh, yes. She sent like a uh, screenshot of a... I guess a Twitter or a, a Twitter or a Facebook. A Twitter? One of those TikToks all the what? kids are using? Just a screenshot of a TikTok, I think. <laughs> uh, although, have you have you experienced doing uh, more technology with your uh, with your family at the moment? Oh yeah, is it so? It's so like it's. I asked my nana for a recipe, and we've been. <laughs> Trying to back get it back and forth ever since. About this email ever since. <laughs> we could just know to write it down. It was going to be so stressful. Uh, I, I <laughs> she could just send you a letter every faster. Yeah, maybe. And all the zooms. Trying to. It's 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 fun. It's what? it's it's very funny. <laughs> Okay, anyway, this is a TikTok. It's not a TikTok, it's a tweet. Uh, My grandma, who is in isolation, accidentally dialed a wrong phone number yesterday and spoke to a random lady also isolating for 20 minutes about her life. They've exchanged numbers so they can keep in contact and meet up once this is all over, and I think that's just lovely. I also think that's just (laughs) lovely. That is so good, (laughs) Erin. Thank you for sharing that. Just the thought of these two people catching up all the time now. There is something so special in having a conversation with a stranger, though. I feel like that's happened in my life. And it does just like it feels so good because you sort of realize that even the people you don't know are still, you know, people. Do you know what that's called when you realize that somebody's life is as rich and varied as your own, including like strangers you pass on the street? What? It's got a name. It's called Sonder. S-O-N-D-E-R. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. So when you realise that someone's life is just as complex as your own. Yeah, wow. I mean, everyone's is. Yeah. (laughs) The thing I like to always remind myself is that everyone is just doing their best. Yes, yes. I I remind myself that a lot. Even the people that you think are like doing a bad job. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing their best. They're doing their best. In their unique set of circumstances they are doing their best yeah because no one's like the villain of their story (laughs) everyone's the hero and is just doing their best i want to be a bad guy today (laughs) do you have another one yes hi my name is austin and i am nine years old i live in ridgerfield and i play the violin nice one i'm offering to come to your house and play happy birthday and a few other songs for anyone who has a birthday during the quarantine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> playing playing would be outside and an acceptable di- distance good weather permitting good on you i am doing this because i think music makes people happy and i want people to have a happy birthday even though they can't see their friends or have a birthday party Austin. i myself had to hold off my birthday celebration so i know how it feels oh empathy Please email my mum to arrange wow that's uh, gorgeous Austin, Austin. Also, nine years old, he might not be very good, so probably no. good to shorten it to just a happy birthday. Just a happy birthday. Just in case. <laughs> well, I love this. Um, That's gorgeous. Here's what I'm going to say, Erin. This is a great idea. If yes. anybody hears a story of a stranger being nice to another stranger during these socially isolated times, please send us an email, hello something amazing at gmail.com. We'd love to read it. Even if you do something nice for a stranger yeah, and you brag. wanted to share that you did it, just brag, please. Anyone else who would have seen you be nice to a stranger would have been more than two metres away, so probably missed it. Yeah, that's the thing about being selfless right now. Yeah. Because people don't give you credit. <laughs> uh, thank you, Erin. That was 
something, something amazing. amazing. Uh, Emily, Carl, we are out of time. Oh boy, we've we've just we've just been chatty Cathy's today, haven't we? We have, <laughs> we have absolutely. <laughs> uh, we will be back soon though with another something amazing. Absolutely. Before we go though, Amberly Carl, yeah, what do you recommend? I recommend not going on a cruise right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than fair. Mm. Um, I recommend coming out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you've invented something that could help during this particular period of the world. I recommend opening your eyes up to little good deeds, whether it be opening yourself up to possibly doing something kind for a stranger or just noticing when people are doing things that are kind for a stranger. I recommend not sitting with your family in a living room for 15 hours <laughs> replicating a flight. That just seems insane to me. I recommend changing your perspective. Something that you might see as something awful, like a 15-hour flight, could be, a, could be something <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I recommend telling your friends about this podcast. We're having a great time doing it and we're enjoying all of you listening to it. So please tell someone it exists. Uh, and recommend it during yeah, this time. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, have a great week, Amberly Cole. You too, Matt Sarasini. Bye. Bye.